Well, good morning again. It's me again. <laughs> uh, Pat asked um, a few weeks ago if Lisa and I would speak to you this morning on being thankful for family. And our response was, well, okay. <laughs> uh, happy to do that. Wow, what, a, uh, what an honor to be able to do that. <clears throat> so um, everybody think of, uh, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Think of something you're thankful for. Everybody got something in your mind? Didn't take long, did it? How many of you thought of family, somebody in your family? A lot of you, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's an easy thing sometimes, and sometimes it's not. Uh, we know that. And uh, we kind of, uh, I don't know what to do with this thing, so I guess that's, that's what we'll do with it. Okay. Um, so what, we're going to talk about several things. We're going to look at what the Bible, uh, since it's his church, we're going to look at what the Bible says about uh, being thankful uh, in a real holistic way. We're going to pick out some verses, but really want to think about it in the big picture, uh, not just the individual ingredients of the cake, you know, but the, but the whole uh, assembled thing. You know, what, what was the big picture? We're going to talk about our family, some some things we're going to be thankful for, and not, not really to call attention to our family, but call attention to some things we've been blessed with and hopefully help you turn your attention to some, th- some of the things within your own family um, that, that that's... Uh, that you can be thankful for, that you are thankful for. Uh, we're going to talk about some, uh, we call it tips and tricks, but basically things that we've, uh, we've found that help us uh, routinely, you know, you know, as a lifestyle, kind of kind of be thankful. Um, and sometimes in situations where you normally don't think of being thankful. Um, and uh, just ask you to kind of be open to, to, to you know, uh, when we're finished, maybe thinking about something that you can specifically do, you know, uh, not just for Thanksgiving, but uh, but just as a lifestyle. So uh, maybe there's that person, maybe there's that thing that you, you need to be uh, thinking about differently. So we're going to introduce uh, our, our family. Um, we're not going to talk about them the whole time, although we could, but uh, I'll let Lisa start. <laughs> I'm Lisa, by the way. And, and I'm Lacey, I'm, by the way. And on the right. Daughter Katie and her husband Chris Doris, and they are holding baby Anna, who was born on August the seventeenth this year. And who also is Barbara, uh, Barbara's grandchild. So we we yeah, yeah three grandparents in the or more in the same room. Uh, so uh, yeah, we um, uh, and on the right side. On the right side is our son Brian and his wife uh, Megan, and they are holding Theo Johnson. In fact, Theodore Wacy Johnson is his full name, and uh, he was born on August the seventeenth, twenty twenty, the same day, <laughs> uh, eighteen hours and twenty-one minutes later. So we went from being uh, having no grandchildren to two grandchildren in a day, uh, and so uh, it's been a it's but 2020 has been a fun year for us <laughs> in some respects. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, we, we have a lot to be thankful for and even more than we did last Thanksgiving when it comes to family. Uh, we are, uh, but you know what, uh, what about, uh, what about the situation where thanks, you know, we're, we're thankful and family aren't all, always used in the same sentence, Right. Uh, and all of us probably have some of that in our family. Uh, some of us that may characterize, you know, what you think of in, as family in general. 
Um, but we're not here to compare situations. We're just here to talk to uh, what the Bible says. You know, Thanksgiving is uh, still, I think, the most heavily traveled day of the year. It's a big family day. There are, uh, I'm told, uh, normally there's about 50 million people that travel on Thanksgiving Day. And this year, it's going to be down. It's only going to be 45 million instead of 50 million, is what I hear. So uh, if you're one of those, you know, that's, a, that's sometimes a source of stress, just the logistics of getting to and from and coordinating the things with the other in-law families and, uh, you know, getting everything ready and the preparations. And on top of that, you're thinking about Christmas while you're thinking about, my, our daughter says sometimes Christmas eats Thanksgiving. You know, Hobby Lobby has Christmas decorations out before. I don't, I don't know that they ever go away uh, at Hobby Lobby, but, but, uh, you know, but there, there is the, the, you know, the tension of the financial stuff and what you're going to do and having that, you know, having the home look just right. Uh, I'm told Christmas is a, was it, it's a time we buy things that people don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. So, uh, but there's all that there's all that tension that comes into it. If you're a Black Friday shopper, more power to you. There's that tension, um, and sometimes we deal like our family is this year with someone who uh, we were accustomed to having there with us on Thanksgiving that's not there. And sometimes. What's even worse is dealing with that uh, family member who is still there. <laughs> and we laugh about that, we kid about it, but it's a real deal. Uh, you know, uh, our, uh, sometimes the people who are closest to us are the ones that can hurt us the most. And uh, that happens in family. And uh, so, um, we, I tell you what we're, we're not gonna do, <clears throat> we're, not gonna, we're not gonna fix your family in 30 minutes, okay? We're not gonna attempt to do that. Uh, what we do hope to do is to uh, uh, just draw attention to what the Bible says about thanksgiving and, uh, and let you relate that in your own situation to what that says to you about your, your family and uh, giving thanks and, uh, irrespective of the circumstances. A wise friend once told me that when you find yourself in situations that you can't control, we can't control what family we're from, right? That is, that's not something we chose. When you find yourself in a difficult set of circumstances that you can't control, then you turn your attention to the things that you could, can control and the things you can influence. And our attitude and our uh, approach, uh, we have control over that, irrespective of the circumstances we, we've been given. So that's what we want to uh, turn our attention to. I, I also heard one time that Einstein, when uh, he was having difficulty solving a problem, he would uh, go and sit on the other in a different chair in the room and it would kind of help him think of things a different way. So that, that's, I think that's what we, what we hope to do is, you know, in the context of scripture, maybe just think about a situation that you've got to deal with and think about it a little bit differently than you have been. Fair enough. If you're all good with that, we'll go ahead. If that's not what you want to do, you can leave now, but that, that's what we're, that's what we're hoping to do. So we're going to give you, we're going to do a test first. Yay. Test. Uh, and what we're going to do is uh, we're going to each read a statement. You can decide which one you think is, is uh, true. So uh, first one, uh, abundance makes it easier to be thankful. Doing without makes us more grateful for what we have. So which one of those do you think is true? 
uh, I heard both, and I would say, yeah, both. Yeah, the answer is yes. Uh, both, they both can have that effect on us, uh, but certainly doing without. Paul said in Philippians 4, 11 and 12, he said, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I think that's the, that's the secret, isn't it? Uh, letting those things, when we're without, make us appreciate, and when we do have things, appreciate even more. Uh, next one is feeling thankful. This is, they get harder. Uh, feeling thankful happens spontaneously, but giving thanks requires effort. Or Oops. feeling thankful requires effort, then giving thanks happens spontaneously. So where does the effort come in? Feeling thankful or the expressing thanks? Uh, you may see a pattern here. Either one can be true, can they not? Yeah. Sometimes we just have to th- take the time to appreciate. I got a call this week from a coworker who uh, sent me a thanks in response to an email. And then he saw, he called and he said, Look, he called me at home. I just realized the effort that you put into this thing and realized thanks wasn't enough. So he called and thanked me. He took the time and effort. I'll take that call from work any day, right? Someone who's taking the time and making the extra effort to express thanks. Uh, Okay, next one. Giving thanks is a natural human response. Giving thanks is a learned behavior. Which do you think it is? Kind of yes and yes. Okay, you're starting to see a pattern here, are you not? Uh, See, so yeah, uh, here's, a, here's an example. The 10 lepers, Jesus was traveling between Galilee and Samaria and came across 10, uh, like a leper colony, and these 10 terribly sick people came to him. And they recognized him, asking for healing. And uh, so he told them to go see the priests, and on their way they realized that their leprosy had been healed. And nine of them went on their way, and one of them returned and took the time to give him thanks. So I think they all behaved <laughs> the, uh, the way it's normal to behave. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Maybe nine out of ten times we don't, we don't take the time to be thankful. That was the case in that, in that, uh, in that poll. Uh, next one, our attitudes influence our behavior. Or our behavior influences our attitude. <laughs> this one is a little harder. But I would say that they're both true. We normally think of our attitudes as what affect our behavior, right? That's pretty intuitive, right? Uh, I've done some reading, and not on the internet, but in real books. Uh, and, you know, in psychology, the, both of these are true. We are fully capable engage, of engaging in behavior, and over time, the attitude that's associated with that behavior uh, comes about. I look at you, George, probably in the military, you probably were required to do some things, and over time, the discipline that was associated with the things you were required to do, whether you wanted to do it or not, became part of your lifestyle. Uh, I think of, uh, probably an easy one to think about in the physical world, is you take a, uh, somebody who spends some time in the gym. Mike, you do that. Uh, it, Mike, is somebody, uh, is, is somebody able to lift heavy weight because they're strong, or are they strong because they've been lifting heavy weight? True, both are true, right? It's a chicken and an egg. We are capable of engaging in behaviors, whether the attitude is there or not. And over time, we will, our attitudes will adjust and conform to that. You don't teach 
children to respect other people at the table. You teach them to not throw food at the table. And over time, they embrace that behavior. Does that make sense? Again, it's not from the Internet. This is real. Uh, and the last, uh, the last one is uh, gaining something of significance causes us to be appreciative. Or losing something significant causes us to be appreciative. Both true, aren't they not? Uh, you remember the movie Inside Out? Little animated movie, and there's a character that represents sadness, and the, and the moral of the story is sadness is what helps us appreciate what really matters in life. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, we want to turn next to what the Bible says. And a while back, uh, I did a search uh, in a Bible, you know, electronic Bible, the word thank with an asterisk. So I could see thanks, thanksgiving, thankful, anything, any form of the word. And uh, I discovered some things, some that were really not that surprising and some that were. So here's the, here's the uh, uh, we're going to give you a quick rundown of these uh, verses. There's 190, no, no, there's not. There's like 91 different passages in the Bible, depending on what translation you use. But, um, and uh, about, you know, r- roughly half of them are in the Old Testament, half in the New Testament. They're scattered throughout. And uh, there are 13 of them that make reference to music. And there are 12 of them that involve offering and sacrifice. An example. Jonah 2, 9 through 10 says, But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. There are eight that involve giving thanks for other people. Philippians 1, 3 says, I thank my God every time I remember you. There are, Jason and Brandy talked about that last week, right? Being thankful for friends. There are 12 that involve uh, grace, being thankful for grace. 1 Corinthians 1, 4, I, I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. There are 16 that involve being thankful for provision. Matthew fifteen thirty six says, Then he took the seven loaves and the fish, and when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples, and they in turn to the people. And the winner is... There are 17 that uh, give thanks for God's enduring love or his everlasting love. Psalm 136.26 says, Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love endures forever. So if you're familiar with the Bible, that's probably not surprising. You, you kind of, you know, are familiar with more verses than what we just read that, along those, those themes. Uh, here's what was surprising to me when I gave this a, another look. Is if you, if you break these up, I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to suggest in three categories is how, how I looked at it. Um, and the first one being giving thanks for something. Uh, in other words, giving thanks in response to something. And in other words, a verse is about someone just spontaneously saying, thank you, God, for blood. And a lot of Psalms are that way, right? Uh, there's a lot of verses. And again, these are scattered New Testament, Old Testament. Uh, um, an example would be, uh, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's in uh, Corinthians, right? It's just an expression of thanks, thanks for Jesus. Another group of these is being, uh, it's Jesus giving thanks for something. Like when he was at the table, he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and gave it to them. Uh, anybody ever talk to yourself? Okay, a few people admit it. Um, I don't know what that means. I'm told it's not a good thing when you answer yourself. 
but yeah, maybe talking to yourself is a bit normal. It's probably normal. I saw Emily. I know we, <laughs> children do that to you, don't they? <laughs> kind of make you a little. Uh, so, uh, but it, when Jesus talked to himself, I mean, was, that's what he was doing when he was praying, right? Or he is God. So in a sense, he was like talking to himself. It's not because he was crazy. I know that. But, you know, when he gave the what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer, it's also referred to as the model prayer. And when he prayed that, he said, pray like this. He wasn't doing that because, you know, he was doing it as, a, as, a, as an example for us. So I would suggest, or I think it's suggested, that all these verses where Jesus is giving thanks, he's saying, this is what you need to be doing, right? They're, he's teaching us. Uh, at the same time, he's praying. And then finally, uh, the, the, the other group is just in, an instruction to give thanks. Period. Go, you, you, go give thanks. All right? First um, Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in, in Christ Jesus. So if you look through the Old Testament, uh, okay, so, so here's the breakdown. I, those of you who know me knew there would be a chart here, right? There it is, Craig. I knew you were expecting that. So here was the surprising thing. There are more verses uh, that give us instruction to give thanks or give us an example of giving thanks than there are verses about just an expression of being thanked for something. Um, it, the Bible is not subtle on this. Uh, there, so here in the Old Testament are some, some phrases that you see. Uh, those who were chosen and designated to give thanks. People were appointed, given that responsibility. He appointed them to sing uh, and give thanks. They were assigned. They were given duties. They were prescribed. Uh, in the New Testament, I think that's just an Old Testament thing, Wonder Grace. Here's what the New Testament says on this topic. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Some circumstances, right? Wrong. All circumstances. This is where it starts to relate to the hard family situation, right? This is easy to say, hard to do, but we're instructed to do it. You can read these next. Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James 1, 2 through 4. It's hard stuff. Here's another one. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans eight twenty eight. So that one's not a verse about thanks, but it's a verse that Lisa and I have referred to in just casual conversation other time, a number of times. We'll be, we like to go on walks and, or you know, when we're driving or something. And you know how you kind of get into a zone where you're like kind of working through something you're struggling with and it helps to talk about it? Well, sometimes those conversations go in this direction. Well, have, have you thanked God for that yet? And it's like... <laughs> <laughs> It, and and it's hard, but it's it's an appropriate question. Um, and 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 we've also had the conversation many times. You know, uh, the verse, God works all things together for the good of those that love Him. That's either true, or it's not true. And you got to decide over and over and over as you go through life: is it true or is it not true? Gosh, I look at Spike. I'm looking at you, man. 
Uh, is it true, Spikes? It's true. Without a doubt, it's true. Yeah, so um, those hard family situations, you know, uh, it'd be easier if the Bible didn't say this and we all just leave, and, but it, it says this and we, we've, got, we've got this to be faced with and decide whether we're going to believe it and act on it or not. So we're going to talk about our family a little bit. Uh, and just reflect on uh, past, present, future, you know, generations. And uh, uh, before I do, I forgot, I was gonna say, I forgot this. So here's the, this, this issue of giving thanks. It's not unlike some other teachings where Jesus kind of raised the bar for us, right? Are we instructed to love people when they're lovable? In Scripture, we're not. We're instructed to love our enemies, to bless those who curse you. Uh, are we... Uh, are we instructed to forgive when people have acted in a way that they have earned our forgiveness? We're not. We forgive because we are forgiven. We're instructed to. Our, forgive, our forgiveness, in fact, Jesus, our, our being forgiven is conditional that we forgive others, right? And, and, uh, and, and thanks is, is kind of the same way. It's not a matter of we give thanks when we feel thankful. We give thanks, period. Okay, now we're going to talk about our family. Uh, we'll start with parents. You go first. So my mom and dad um, were hardworking, everyday people that really loved God. And they taught us that at home by how they lived out their lives. Uh, my dad was a prayer, and he was very reverent when he prayed, but he was also pouring out his heart to God, just like he would talk to a dear friend or somebody that knew you really well. Um, my mom was a nurturer, uh, very much uh, to her family and her extended family, immediate and extended family. And mom also had a heart and was drawn to people that um, may feel unloved or feel looked over and just maybe needed an act or a word of encouragement. Um, so all that, all that was in my family, but it was all, we, we had, there were some financial strains, there was uh, conflicts that had to be resolved, um, and there were some pretty hard illnesses that we all went through. But all that took place underneath this tent of, of love and uh, of the message that all that stuff, God was bigger than that, and so we were going to be okay. That's kind of how how it was, I would say, growing up in my house. Yeah. Uh, Lisa's parents um, loved me like I was their own son. Um, and, uh, and I loved them like they were my parents. And, and uh, uh, we, we are, like, super thankful for that. My, my mom and dad, uh, my dad was a pastor. And I can say without exception that he was the same man in the pulpit on Sunday morning as he was any other day of the week. Uh, he believed in consistency and he lived consistency. Uh, I spoke at his funeral and I, and, uh, I remember saying, uh, this was 15 years ago, but I remember saying that, uh, you know, when you're a kid, when you're a little kid and you think your dad is the greatest guy in the world, you're normal. When you're a grown man and you look at your dad and think he's the greatest guy in the world, you're blessed. And uh, we were both we were both blessed. Uh, the parents we were, we were given. Um, 
he, uh, my, my mom, uh, one of the things we learned from my mom growing up, she, she uh, went to college some uh, as my dad was getting going. But she, she stopped going to college and went to work to help him get through uh, school and seminary as we were little big kids. And uh, in her 50s, after we were all grown and out of the house, she went back to college and she got her bachelor's degree uh, in, uh, at Lamar and I think her, probably her early 50s. And then she kept going to school and she got her master's degree in her late 50s and became a college professor uh, at that point in life. And I just love that. You know, it's like you're, you're, you're old when you decide you're old, right? You, and uh, she just, uh, and by the way, late 50s is not old. <clears throat> Do I hear your name in? Yeah, <laughs> I, heard, I heard a little bit. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what people used to say in church. They say, amen. Or, are you with me? Say, if you're with me, say, oh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> uh, so, um, the, the other thing, uh, and we, some of us talked about this recently in a, in a marriage class. Uh, my uh, parents, and my mom in particular, made a choice that the home environment that her children were to be raised in was going to be different than the one she was raised in. And uh, that, that's that choice stuff I was talking about, you know? Uh, and we, I think I, I don't think I realized that uh, until I was an adult, and I probably still don't realize it fully because I didn't live, you know, her life. But uh, we had a, a, a safe place to grow up, and, and uh, she didn't always experience that. And... Uh, uh, it's really easy for people to default and their home become what their home of origin was like. And uh, for someone to, uh, to decide to be the one in that generation that was going to turn the corner is a, is a really big deal. Some of you are doing that. And uh, my hat's off to you. Um, I, we have time. I'm going to tell one story. We weren't sure we were going to tell, but it's, a, it's another mom and dad story. When my dad, uh, we made the decision to move to this area. Uh, we had been in the same little town for, for a long time. And my dad came down here because the church wanted to talk to him about being their pastor. And he, uh, so we came and, and they, they, my, I was in high school. My, my sister and I were both in high school and it was a really awkward time to, to make that transition. We were involved in, it was a little B school. I mean, there were more people in C.O. Wilson Middle School than there were the whole town I lived in, right? And it was a really hard thing for them to decide to do. And, and uh, so we came down, we stayed with a friend of my dad's that lived in the area and we went to church with them uh, on a weeknight. They were having some services and we went and the, and the speaker got up to speak and he said, you know what? I feel led to speak on the topic completely different than what I was what I was originally thinking I would. And he talked about Abram and Isaac when uh, Abram, when he was uh, asked to sacrifice his own son, right? And as a substitution for, for the, his planned sacrifice and God stopped him before he did it. But uh, the point of the message was, you know, and he, he said this, you know, he, he had no idea who we were uh, or that we were even there. And he said, you know, I just feel like Somebody in here has got a decision to make and you're hanging up, you're, you're holding back because of your family. You're concerned about the well-being of your family and it's, and it's keeping you from following, you know, something that God's calling you to do. And it was like, um, 
and that they made the decision for us to move here um about a month later i saw lisa for the first time <laughs> uh and and uh, that, that, in fact, that point in time, that, that story I just told you is why we decided to come to uh, Carpenter's Way. Our kids were kind of in that same age and were really involved in the youth group where they were. But as a matter of obedience, it was just, it was easy because I'd seen my parents do it and we knew that, you know, it was going to be hard. Uh, our youth group, Spikes, what was it like, uh, Debbie, was it like five kids, four I don't know. Not very many. I can name them all probably right now. And, uh, and, but I, I would say our son, who we were uh, most concerned with, is probably the one who uh, arguably benefited the most from making that change. He, he got involved with a bunch of Christian men, you know, Scott, Spikes, you guys over here working on that building. It was, uh, it was a life-changing event for him. So anyway, uh, so let's talk about our... You want anything else? Okay, we'll talk about our kids. Uh, this picture, by the way, was taken uh, last Thanksgiving. And you count the people there, right? We had no clue there would be two more people in the picture this Thanksgiving. They had no clue there would be two more people in this picture. <laughs> in fact, well, yeah. So, um, yeah, so we'll talk about kids for a little bit. So Katie and Brian have definitely been a blessing in our lives. And, you know, you put in all those hard days of parenting and raising them and trying to instill in the right things and help them to make good choices. Um, but ultimately, they still have a choice. Um, and um, we felt very blessed that they chose the spouses that they chose. And they've also chosen in their lives to love and serve God. And so that's, you know, a treasure to us that you just can't put a price on that. So... I think, I think one of the things that having a child did for me is uh, John 3.16 looked altogether different when I had a baby. For God so loved the world that he gave his only baby. Is there more love than that? Um, uh, but yeah, just a, just a miracle of life. Uh, it, it was just, you know, fascinating to, to witness. And uh, they, it, it, I mean, you know, those of you with the kids, you know, this could go on all day. But uh, we just want to highlight a couple of things that we're particularly thankful for. And that leads us to grandchildren. I guess we have to talk about that. We happen to have a few pictures. <laughs> so it's as wonderful as everybody says it is. <laughs> I can say that now. It's hard to, to know what you're talking about until you've been there. But... Um, I think the thing that struck me in holding these children close to my heart that were, you know, I loved that one of my own babies. I felt like God opened my head and poured motherhood in whenever I had Katie and Brian. But these little children, I had a deeper appreciation for the miracle of life. And um, I don't know, just awe of God. I was totally in awe of God holding those babies and still, you know, holding those babies close to my heart. So I could go on all day, but yeah. Um, I think, uh, you know, they don't, they don't even do anything yet. They, they dirty their diaper, they eat, they cry, they sleep. And that's about it. But it's amazing. They, they just do it with, 
they're just fascinating when they do those things, right? And, not, and we know it gets funner and funner, you know, just like your own, like our own kids when they start to become interactive with you. But I, I was telling Brian, like, the week they were born, uh, I said, you know what it's like watching those babies? I mean, you can watch them sleep, and it's amazing. Uh, it's, like, it's like watching a sunset or, or a waterfall. You know, it's just captivating, and it's God's creation right there in front of you. And he said, yeah, 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 or like, or like a campfire. And I said, yeah, exactly. You know, you can just sit and... And look at it all day and just take in the wonder of it. Uh, you know, they were, and I were talking last week, you know, about those, why, what's so special about grandchildren? And, I, and the joke is always, you can spoil them and give back to their parents. And, and I'm sure that's true. But, but I think, I think part, part of it is, is you, uh, you look at, part of it's you're not consumed with keeping them alive for the rest of the day. You can just like enjoy them. And, and, uh, and, and you're not, so you're not quite as, tense you know you know you don't have the burden of, of being the parent and you're not as sleep deprived and all those things so I think a lot of things come into it but uh, I think one of the big things is just uh having lived through one cycle you know one generation you see the you don't just see the baby you see the life a little bit differently so yeah it's a super it's a super special uh thing we we were thankful for so um, we're going to share with you, we call this tips and tricks, and this is, that's just to be clever. It's just some things that uh, we have uh, found to be helpful uh, in keep making Thanksgiving kind of part of our life and not a once-a-year event. So we're just going to share a few of those with you. Praying together at meals at the very minimum, but other times... Um, when you face something that you don't know the answer for or when you don't, you know, you don't know how this discipline thing needs to go forth or you've never had this set of circumstances and honestly talk to your kids about it and pray together about it. Yeah. Uh, another one is surrounding yourselves with reminders. We didn't bring our... Uh, we didn't bring our show and tell. Oh, we forgot our show and tell. We, we're here, but... <laughs> Uh, maybe we have time to go and get that before Please the second. So you come back to the second service if you want to see yeah. it. Uh, but we have a uh, there's this thanks uh, this decoration. Dottie, you may recognize this. It's give thanks. It's a little you know iron kind of decoration, and uh, the Lisa got for Thanksgiving one year, and we were putting away stuff, and I started putting away, and she said, no, 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 leave that out. And I was like, this is a Thanksgiving decoration, and all it says is, isn't it say give thanks? It says give thanks. Give thanks. Uh, all it says is give thanks, and you know what? That stays out year-round in our house. Why not? So, create traditions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Another thing is a tablecloth that we put uh, on the table at Thanksgiving, and we put some Sharpie markers out, and um, everybody in the family has a chance to write on something they're thankful for for that year. They'll date it with the year, and then they'll write whatever it is. And, and it's really fun every Thanksgiving to go back and look at what we wrote the year before or what you didn't get to see what somebody else wrote until that year. And um, it can be little bitty, and it can be major. But, um, and it, can, it has kids writing in big letters, and, you know, and some of it's hard to read because it's big adult writing. I mean, little uh, cursive writing. But or it's got gravy stains on it. Or, that's yeah. true. There are some things that you don't wash out as well. But Yeah, well, at least I first had, I, I had this idea, and I thought, okay, it's a perfectly good tablecloth. But okay, well, you know, I'll get the Sharpie markers. And uh, that thing is like an heirloom. It is a treasure. There's, again, some of those... 
uh, you know, several little things written on there from parents or relatives that aren't there anymore, and, and we wouldn't trade that trade that tradition for for anything. Uh, another one is uh, to to challenge each other. Uh, so here's, and I'm, there's a specific thing we do. Uh, and we've done it since before we got married. And we call it, we call it the questions game. And somebody wrote a book later called the questions books. Like, oh, that, we could have written a book. And we'd be, uh, but, but it's simple. Uh, so what we do is it's like we're on a long drive or on a walk or something. We have some time and, uh, or eating out. Uh, one of us will say something like, uh, uh, what's, what's, a, uh, what's a favorite vacation we've been on? And we just, you know, kind of think back about that. Or if money were not an object, what, what you know, where would we go next? Or... Or um, just just anything, but a lot of times uh, that convers starts conversation starts with what are you thankful for right now? Uh, sometimes it's what are you looking forward to right now, uh, but a lot of times it's what are you what are you thankful for right now? Good way to start. Good way to end the day. What were you thankful for today? Uh, just a simple little conversation starter. But uh, what it does is guys like man, I hadn't thought about that. And but you know what? I'm thankful for this. And we take turns. It's like, and we usually start, it was like, what are three things you're thankful for? What are five things? Depending on how long the drive is. And some, sometimes it came like after we were doing renovation after Hurricane Harvey and we were so tired. We were just pooped out. But we wrote down, you know, like three things we were going to be thankful for that came out of that hard time for us. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, th this has to do with extend generosity to other people, or we went, we've had the opportunity to go on some mission trips. That's what kind of came to our mind, but um, it was an opportunity for us to give away and acknowledge people that were in a different situation sometimes than we were. It doesn't have to be foreign missions. It can be, you know, we've done both. We've, we've done things right here at home, and um, those have been good ways to posture us in a way that we could really be thankful and, and and experience the thanks of other people too. And the last one is to commemorate blessings. Uh, many of you walked through some hard days with our family about five years ago. Lisa had a, a brain, brain, brain bleed. Sounds like I'm the one that had it. A brain bleed uh, and had to be life flighted to Houston. Spent 10 days in Memorial Hermann and uh, we didn't know when all that started if we were going to have another day together. And uh, God has given us five more years, and and uh, and we uh, every year on August the fourteenth we have a little cupcake or something with candles in it, and uh, just to commemorate uh, another her her other birthday uh, that we've had together. So uh, I hope you don't have to go do that. To <laughs> but but there may be things in your life that you just want to you know make recognize as a marker. So um, here's kind of the takeaways, or whatever you can take away, whatever you want to. This is kind of what uh, my takeaways were as we reflected on this: is we're instructed to give give thanks, even when we don't feel like it. Maybe even especially when we don't when we don't feel like it. Uh, God can reshape our heart when we when we're obedient and and call our attention to things that we didn't even realize once we start that process of being thankful. Uh, we get to choose the heritage we want to leave. So um, I, maybe there's just one thing you want to take away, uh, one thing you want to do differently. 
at Thanksgiving or as a matter of Thanksgiving and, and a lifestyle. And then uh, just, you know, remind yourself, remind yourself to be thankful. That's it. That's all we got. So let's pray. Uh, I'm going to pray for you. And uh, you guys have a, have a great uh, afternoon, a great week. Father God, we thank you for uh, the blessing of, of being here today with each other. Thank you for these people you've assembled. And uh, we thank you that your word is relevant and powerful and uh, life-changing. Uh, we thank you that you've extended grace to us when we were not deserving. And I uh, pray that we would uh, just um, extend that to one another uh, and for the the hard-to-love family member, God, I pray that the forgiveness that you've given us would be forgiveness that we can extend to them. The grace that you've extended to us would be grace that we can extend even when it's, um, even when it doesn't make sense or even when it's hard. Father, I just pray you continue to bless this church and bless the families within it. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.